Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Beth, on this spectacular Saturday. Okay, let's make it spectacular today. Okay, our Do Not Fear scripture comes from Joshua 10.25. Joshua 10.25 says, Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His enemies, our enemies become his enemies. That's a strong scripture. On today's call, we're going to discuss, don't be deceived. Mm. Or we could say, when you're in the middle of it, be careful because you won't know it. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time when being deceptive would not be tolerated. That's right. But anymore, it seems to be norm in advertising, permissible in politics, encouraged on dating sites, tolerated in some workplaces. But none of that makes it right. In fact, it's scripturally wrong. So today, let's talk about deception. Where it began, how to recognize it, and overcome it. According to Dictionary.com, deceit means concealment or distortion of the truth for the purpose of misleading, fraud, or cheating. Wow. Self-deception, self-deception is the process or fact of misleading ourselves to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. And you could actually say rationalization. That's it. First case of deception and false advertising began in the Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. Perfect place to live, great food to eat, perfect husband, perfect wife. God even told them where all the gold and jewels were. That's it. But yet, deception entered the place. We're going to expose the three cunning characteristics of deception found in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Number one, Satan wants to create doubt and unbelief in the promises of God. Yes, he does. In Genesis 3.1, 3.1 Classic Amplified, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. The Message Bible actually says clever, more clever than any other. Have you ever noticed how clever advertisers are? Well, unfortunately, we don't have real time to go into that today, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. They create an illusion, and that's all it is. That's it. Number two, the enemy tries to create confusion over what God has said. Genesis 3.1, classic Amplify. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Wondered what he meant when he said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden of Eden. There was only one tree, but she wasn't to eat from it. Trick of Satan to try and confuse the Word of God. That's right. Confusion and doubt are two of the enemy's greatest weapons. He'd love to keep us confused and doubting the promises of God. Mm-mm. Number three, Satan tries to imply that she's being deprived by God, that something is missing from her life. Sound like a lot of false advertising? Yes. In, yes. Genesis 3 4, 3 4 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. In other words, you're being deprived of this. So 
that's just about like what television tells you every day on these advertisements. Yes, it does. Your life would be so much better if you drive this car, wear this perfume, stay at this resort, have these diamonds. You know exactly what we're talking about, and Christmas is, well, a prime example. Do you know when you're being deceived? Would it be deception, literally, if you, you know, knew it? Bottom line, what we're trying to do is, well, not put yourself in a place where you can be deceived. So what's the setup for deception? First, it's exaggerating or overstating facts. Genesis 3, 2 through 4, partial, partial in this. Genesis 3, starting with 2. It says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the free fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. God did not say she couldn't touch the fruit. He said she couldn't eat the fruit. So she was overstating the restriction. When you overstate something, that's, well, a bit like lying, <clears throat> putting yourself in a position for trouble. Number two, understanding the consequences. Not connected with dots or completing the picture. Look at Genesis 3, 2 and 3 one more time. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She said, Lest you die, meaning you could die. But God said, You will die. See, somebody's not connecting the dots. All wrong decisions have painful consequences. That's deception. If you think you can bypass the rules or that they only apply to everybody else, that's deception. Thinking you can spend more than you earn without consequences, that's deception. Mm -mm. Number three, the fruit looked good, pleasant, desirable. It had all the ingredients for addiction. Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And she gave also unto her husband with her and, she, and he did eat. Okay, buying that big screen TV might seem great for today or for the, you know, stuff coming up, the sports coming up in January. Or maybe you could say the boat you bought was fun for a while, but wow. How much does it cost you to keep it operating and upright? The pleasure of sin is good for a season, because it says so in 11.25. But then, then you fall into problems. Two destructive ways to respond to sin and guilt. One, you hide and try to cover up the shame. Genesis 3, verses 7, part 10, part 11 in the classic Amplified says, Then the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves an apron like girls. Part of 10 says, And he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And verse 11 says, And God said, says he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? You know, have you seen the movie? Well, no, then you you should you shouldn't necessarily judge it. What well do you think that we have experienced a sin that we that we know enough that we shouldn't be doing it? They brought the world 
and brought into the world something that had not been there before. Number two, play the blame game. It's not my fault. Genesis 3, 12 and 13. See, this was born. This is where it all comes from. This is the seed in which was born. Classic Amplified. And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled, cheated, outwitted, and deceived me, and I ate. Flip Wilson years ago, boy, it's been over 50, used to say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> yep. And that means that he has authority over you if the devil makes you do it. And that is in direct conflict from obeying the word of God. Yes, it is. When we blame somebody else, we will never experience true repentance, and true repentance is what's going to lead us into a, a clear conscience. And then we do foolish things because we're living in deceptions. So here's 10 things we need to know about deception. Number one, when you're being deceived, you don't recognize the deception. Jeremiah 9, 6, 9, 6, New International Version. You live in the midst of deception. In their deceit, they refuse to acknowledge me, says the Lord. How do you become deceived? 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 and the classic Amplify. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds, that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. And that's why God's given us the ability to tear down strongholds and cast down those imaginations. Number three, Jesus even warned about being deceived. Mark 13, 6, 13, 6 says, And Jesus answered them, began to say, Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. So for who deceives you? Well, let's look at Genesis 3, 13. Genesis 3.13 says, Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Number five, who are deceived? The people who are deceived, they're not smart. Proverbs 20, verse 1. 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Number six, who feeds deception? 1 Corinthians 15, 33, classic Amplified. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. That's it. Number seven, God does not like deception. Proverbs 8, 7. That's an understatement. Proverbs 8, 7, New Living Translation. For I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. Wow. Number eight, deception puts you in bad company. First hmm. Corinthians 6, 9, Classic Amplified Bible. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled. Neither the impure and the immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality. Number nine, there's no deception among those who move in godly authority. John 7.18, 7.18, classic amplified. He who speaks on his own authority seeks to win honor for himself, 
He whose teaching originates with himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory and is eager for the honor of him who sent him, he is true and there is no unrighteousness or falsehood or deception in it. And number 10, out of abundance of your heart, something will speak. Mm. Job 15.5, 15.5, New Living Translation. Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. Your words are based on clever, clever deception. Wow. That's a lot to meditate and think on today. Yep. Don't fall into that trap. That's it. Hallelujah. Well, until tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.